everyone, and welcome back to an introvert's diary in Japan. Konnichiwa, Mina. Karen desu. Kyo no topic wa kafun shou nitsuite hanoshimasu. Today, I will be talking about the dreaded hay fever season in Japan. Spring is coming, and that means many people are bracing for allergy season. The other day, while I was waiting for the train, I noticed my nose dripping a little behind my mask. It wasn't cold or anything. Actually, it's unusually warm for February. At the same time, I noticed a tree by a playground across from the station and I thought, oh, it's that time of the year already. According to several news outlets, this year's hay fever season is going to pack quite a punch, with the amount of pollen in the Tokyo area being twice higher than the average year. And that's lucky. In some areas, the amount of pollen is predicted to be three times higher. To date, approximately 20% of the Japanese population suffer from hay fever, and the number keeps increasing year by year, so it is a big deal. During this period, hay fever usually becomes the most popular topic of conversation, replacing samuine at number one spot. When I arrived in Japan for the first time, it was around February or March, so that was the beginning of pollen season. At that time, I wasn't aware of the Japanese inclination for wearing masks. When I got to the train station, everyone had a mask on, and everyone was wearing black. Inside, I panicked. Did I miss something? Did something happen? Was there a terrorist attack? Or is there a contagious disease going around? Why else would they be wearing all black looking like Uncle Scrooge? It's not even Christmas! When I retold my co-workers about what I saw, they laughed. Apparently, it's a perfectly normal sight in the morning, especially during rush hour. The grim faces are because nobody enjoys being sandwiched by strangers on a train, which happens daily in Tokyo. And the mask, recently referred to as face underwear, is to protect against the almighty hay fever. Being the noob that I was, I had to ask, what the hell is hay fever? and my education as a fresh-off-the-boat gaijin started there. My co-worker kindly explained that a lot of Japanese are allergic to pollen from certain trees, namely sugi and hinoki. In English, that is cedar and cypress. In my defense, I've never been to any country where a large group of people suffer from the same kind of allergy. Most people around me are either allergic to food, dust, or animals, not pollen. So first of all, what kind of symptoms do you get if you have hay fever? The most common symptoms is probably runny nose. Most likely, you will be sneezing a lot. However, some people experience other symptoms like itchy, watery eyes, itchy forehead, rashes, etc. People with severe symptoms will also find themselves constantly sneezing, and I mean that literally like every five seconds literally. As someone who suffers from hay fever, when the allergy gets that bad, I'd be sneezing into my rubbish bin all day long to the point that I had to take my rubbish bin everywhere. By the end of the day, my nose will be as red as a clown and it will be super painful to touch. But that extreme symptoms only happened to me when I was still living in New Zealand which apparently has a high amount of pollen due to its abundance of grassy fields and windy climate. However, when I went to the doctor to get my symptoms treated, the doctor would prescribe me with a cold medicine, 
which of course had zero effect. So before coming to Japan, I thought I was just really prone to catching a cold. Digging into Japanese history, apparently hay fever hasn't always been a big thing in Japan until 1960s. Shortly after World War II, the government started a reforestation policy. That is, to replant the trees in the area where a lot of greenery has been lost due to war, disaster, or other causes. This policy resulted in large forests of cedar and cypress trees. Wood from these trees were often used for building materials, and around that time, there was a big demand for housing as many people lost their homes during the war. The Japanese government chose cedar because of many reasons. So first of all, they are fast-growing. Secondly, they are straight like pencils, so it makes cutting and processing them for timber easier. So from the supply and demand point of view, it was the perfect choice. To top it off, cedar is also disease-resistant. Until they realized importing wood from Southeast Asia is much cheaper, and their trees also grow a lot faster. So their reforestation effort has been for nothing. So many of these trees are left to grow, and the older they are, the more pollen they germinate. Cedar and cypress actually release the most pollen when they are about 30 years old. And both trees now make up 40% of Japan's forest, and most of them are older than 30 years old. On top of that, their pollen can travel further than 100 kilometers, so no matter where you live, it is likely that they can still get to you. If you think you don't have hay fever because you've never experienced any allergic symptoms, don't smile yet. Hay fever can start anytime in a person's lifetime. According to some scientists, your tolerance towards a specific allergen decreases the more you are exposed to it. So imagine a cup of water. The more water you pour into the cup, the more likely it will overflow. And when it overflows, that's when the symptoms start. You may think that hay fever is not a serious issue. It's a hindrance at best, something annoying that happens every spring. However, a survey conducted by Panasonic Holdings reported that hay fever can reduce employees' productivity and focus. This lower productivity level can cause an economic loss of up to 221 billion yen a day, not a year. Daiichi Life Institute, a big insurance firm in Japan, predicts that Japan could lose as much as 200 billion yen this year due to pollen allergy. Sankei Nishima, on the other hand, a researcher specialized in allergy, gave a grimmer prediction of 5 trillion yen a year. Uh, I'm not sure why their prediction differ greatly, but the important point is hay fever does damage to the economy. So, how can this little thing do so much damage? To start with, people who suffer from serious symptoms are more likely to stay indoor, therefore decreasing consumption. Employees are as likely to take more sick days during this period and the ones who still come to the office might not be able to work as efficiently. With the number of hay fever patients growing year by year, the economic impact of this pesky allergy cannot be ignored. Some companies have started offering allowances to their employees who suffer from hay fever. 
They believe that by doing this, it will improve employee satisfaction and maintain productivity. Two birds with one stone. In order to lower the severity of hay fever symptoms, Tokyo is spending over 900 million yen a year just to cut down these annoying cedar and cypress and replace them with less allergy-inducing trees. So, why not cut everything down and just mass replace everything? The simple answer is that it costs too much money, as in trillions of yen, lots of money. As I mentioned before, over 40% of Japanese forests are made up of these trees. The longer answer is that if you uproot trees too fast, it will make places vulnerable to landslides and flooding. Tokyo said that with their current pace, it may take between 100 to 200 years to replace all the trees in the area. There is a happy party in this story though. Pharmaceutical companies and drugstores are benefiting from this turmoil. They record up to 20 billion yen in sales in just one month due to increased demand for antihistamines and disposable masks. Even though Japan is easing its mask guideline next month on March 13th to be precise, it is unlikely that people will go outside without them. So how do you treat hay fever? Is there a cure? According to Google, no. There is no permanent cure, but you can rely on medicines and injections to alleviate your symptoms. However, there are cases, albeit rare, when our body outgrows our own allergy through low exposure, then increasing the level of exposure over time. That is, if we expose our body to small amounts of pollen continuously over long periods of time, our body might get used to them and stop overreacting. This is how vaccination works as well. By introducing small amounts of disease-causing organisms, our cells can learn how to fight them. So when the virus does attack us, our body is already prepared. So the next question is, why do some of us have hay fever while some of us don't? It doesn't sound fair, but it all comes down to our genetic makeup. Some people simply have an immune system that is prone to allergies. So allergy sensitivity plus environmental trigger equals now you've got hay fever. To top it off, allergens can cross-react with other similar proteins. So that means if you are allergic to cedar, then you can become allergic to plants that have a similar DNA as cedar. Fortunately, you can't really die from hay fever. Untreated allergies can, however, get worse, and your attacks can get more severe over time. Eventually, this can weaken your immune system and cause complications such as bacterial or fungal infections in the sinuses, lungs, ears, or skin. So really, the saying, what doesn't kill you make you stronger, is not necessarily true. Well, on the bright side, we can see cherry blossoms early this year. That is, if you're prepared to suffer from the hay fever symptoms by going outside. Well, that's all from me for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the follow button. Got a topic you want me to cover? Feel free to message me on Instagram. Kyo See you next time!